Hello everyone and you're very welcome to this week's In the Line Out with myself, Aidan Raftree and of course uh, Michael <laughs> Cook and um, well, welcome to the show Michael and there's uh, most, of, most of the show today is uh, to do with the Lions and their great 22-17 to 17 win over South Africa so that was a that was a good achievement by the Lions, wasn't it? It was a great achievement, especially considering that they were trailing 12 points to three at half time. And generally, when you're playing, you're playing the world champions in Cape Town, South Africa. Generally, when that happens, a defeat looked to appear, appeared to be on the cards. But credit where credit is due, the Lions, they turned it around. It is the biggest Lions comeback since 1938. Uh, on that occasion, they came from... 10 points down to beat New- to beat South Africa that time funnily enough and of course into 2021 they come from 9 points down to win by 5 so effectively a 14 point turnaround in the, across the second half and it was a much improved second half display from the Lions and they, you know it was always going to be a difficult test we know South Africa that they haven't uh, played much together as a team since they won the World Cup two years ago, but are still a formidable outfit. And the fact that the Lions, that they managed to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat, it really says a lot for them and their coach, Warren Gatland. That's it. And I suppose, you know, as you just said there at half time, it was uh, 12-3 to the Lions. So what happened in, uh, what changed in the second half to, um, to, that led to their, uh, the, a better performance in the, in the second half? Well, I think they set the tone for a comeback in the early stages of the second half where they gained a significant amount of territory in possession in the first few minutes. And they, in that time, they won a penalty and Captain Alwyn Jones made a brave call. Instead of uh, going for the post, he opted to tell Dan Bigger to kick for touch instead. And the Lions, they ended up scoring a game-changing try-offer through Luke Cowan Dickey. And that bravery repeated itself out throughout the second half because when the option was on for kicking points, they occasionally went for the juggler and went for a try. And on that occasion, it paid off big time. And then, of course, as well as that, in the first couple of minutes of the second half, they did win a few penalties uh, they put the the pressure that they exerted upon the South Africans caused moments of indiscipline, and it resulted in a lot of penalties and all little things like that uh, result in the Lions picking up momentum. And then, of course, as well as to, as well as that, of course, in the early stages of the second half, the South Africans they came close to scoring a try, but it ended up being discounted. So, all, an accumulation of all those incidents together it gave them a very solid platform. And of course, that was builded upon then by the accurate kicking of Dan Bigger, who uh, kicked the remainder of the Lions' points after that. But yeah, that was a vital part of it. But they're really definitely in the second half, they, how they, what they did in those first few minutes definitely set the tone for a very, very remarkable comeback. That's it. And I suppose really, wasn't it? It was great to see... Um... It was great to see Alan Wynne Jones back uh, back playing for the Lions again. Given the the qualities that he have that he had, it was great to have him back, and he made he he made an impact, didn't he? Yes, he certainly did. Um, it, 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 he made an almost Lazarus-like recovery, really, because uh, he had a dislocated shoulder. And normally, if you have an injury of that nature, you're on the sidelines for long spells. But he comes back against one of the most attritional sides in world rugby, and he gives. A fantastic captain's display 
and he's able to keep his head and make decision-making amid all such pressure, and he held his own out on the pitch as well. So, yeah, he's a, a remarkable man, and I suppose Alan Wynne-Jones, he is the most capped player in international test rugby, and I think his comeback from injury is further testament to his, his longevity and his character and his class as a player. That's it, and of course, we, we couldn't leave the match without discussing how... Uh, how the Irish players played, like, you know, Robbie Henshaw, Ty Furlong and Jack Conan and their contribution to the win. Yeah, all of them can be quite proud of their display. Robbie Henshaw, of course, is the probably the most on-form Irish player at the minute. And, you know, in the first half when Ireland were struggling to make very little headway, uh, Robbie Henshaw was one of the few that managed to do so with a good line break there before half time. Now, I know it didn't um, result in much points, but... It was it was the, be- the it was better than most uh, any Irish attacking player managed in that first half, and it was just uh, really typical about of how he's playing at the moment. And he he showed some good ball carrying as well in the second half. So yeah, he's retained his place for the next test, and that's fully justified. Ty Furlong then scrummaged very well. He won a great scrum pen- penalty earlier on, and. Jack Conan seems to be getting better and better as the season progresses. He's ball carrying, he's scrapping for possession, tackling everything. He is uh, another one of our star performers from Ireland at the minute. And uh, yeah, so all all three Irish the three Irish players made the starting fifteen, and all three of them can be very happy. That's it. And now, now we're looking forward to the uh, the second test on Saturday. And the addition of uh, Conor Murray, he was drafted back into the team um, at the starting 15 as Warren Gatlin makes two cha- three changes. Um, I suppose, is that a tactical decision, bringing back Conor Murray, or was it just more on form and how, how things were going at training? Or maybe that, did he feel that maybe, um, you know, that, that Conor Murray could bring something to the Lions team uh, f- for this game? Yeah, I suppose it could be it could be a combination of both training form and uh, tactical decision as well. Well, um, the fella he's replacing Ali Price at scrum half is didn't exactly have a bad game. He didn't have the best of starts, but he got better as the game went on. So Warren Gatland obviously feels that probably over the eighty minutes that a change is required, and Connor Murray is the natural replacement at scrum half. Now, of course, Connor Murray didn't have his best game against the South African A team, which despite the fact that it was the South African A team, it did feature about 11 of their World Cup winning side. So I suppose even he himself knows that he has some bit of a point to prove. But that said, if uh, if Conor Murray brings his A game, then he could well be keeping his place for the third test. So yeah, so that's that's the, the, the headline change really. Conor Murray in for Ali Price. Of course, the other changes uh, see Chris Harris uh, slotting in for Elliot Daly at centre. There's no surprise there. Elliot Daly, by his own admission, didn't have his best game. And of course, uh, Makovinopola from England comes in for Rory Sutherland in the front row as well. So yeah, so those are the three changes ahead of uh, a very important second test. That's it. And uh, I suppose what have the Lions to do maybe tactically and personnel-wise? Obviously, we, we just discussed the uh, certain 15 there or the, you know, the changes in that. What, do, what, do the, what, what does this Lions uh, team need to do to guarantee to get a win in the second test? 
Well, I think they need to get off to a better start this time and not give and um, not uh, give South Africa a nine-point head start this time. And one of the ways they might do that is by showing better discipline at the start. Like at the the uh, the majority of their points uh, that they gave away in the first half came off the back of breakdown penalties. So they got to try and either reduce or eliminate completely the amount of breakdown penalties, especially in the early stages when, when you're trying to gain the upper hand in your opponent. So that's one thing that Warren Gatland will definitely be looking to be doing. And I think as well as that, then we saw a very good defensive display from the Lions in the last half hour of the game against South Africa. Like they held the world champion scoreless for the last half hour. Bafta Clerk scored a, a try in the 50th minute. But after that, South Africa struggled to get any points on the board. I know they had another disallowed try, but even allowing for that, it was a very solid showing from the Lions' defence. So I think that uh, they will need to, their defence will need to be as mean, if not meaner, the the next time around. And basically, like the kind of aggression and, and pressure that they exerted upon the South Africans in the early stages of the second half, I definitely think that they need to try and bring that right from the outset this time. And they set the tone for a more dominant display. And other than that, then I suppose uh, Alan Wynne Jones, I talked about his decision making earlier on and how his brave calls paid off. I suppose if he can replicate whatever about making the brave calls, if he can replicate making the right calls, then we put ourselves in a very good position. And if Dan Bigger can bring his A game in terms of kicking, then that would give the Lions a very, very good chance as well. That's it. And I suppose overall, uh, just, just giving you the chance there to give your predictions, can can this, will this Lions team or can this Lions team overcome South Africa in the second test? Um, look, um, it's, it's a hard one to call. Like I always said about this Lions tour that it would be no whitewash like New Zealand did to them in the years gone by, that it wouldn't be one three, three games to nil that it may be 2-1 or something like that. I think that the South Africans, you know, they, they are going, they're going to be sore coming into this game because they won't be happy with throwing away a nine-point lead. And we've seen with South Africa in the past how that they can bring their A game when it matters. For instance, like they lost a pool game in the World Cup to New Zealand and even they didn't set the world alight in the quarterfinals and semifinals but then they just totally destroyed England in the final so if there's any team you're to be wary of it's South Africa because they can they can set the world alight when they really need to and they have players capable of pulling off such a performance and again like I mean they they were the architects of their own downfall in some respects like um, I can't know why uh, the coaching staff decided to take off all of their front row at half time especially when they were doing so well I don't think their coaches will be as naive again this time and you know we we look at like it's uh, there there is sheer the sheer physicality of the squad is is enough to strike fear into the heart of any opponent and I expect them to, you know, to, to bring that to the fore this coming Saturday. And I suppose if they can learn from the mistakes of the last weeks, so I just think that they might be the victors this time round. I think it's going to be the Springboks who will win this one. That's it. And finally, moving on to the Olympics. And of course, it was a di- disappointing Olympics for the, uh, for the Irish Sevens in, in Tokyo, wasn't it? 
Yeah, it was. It was disappointing performance overall at the end, finishing in 10th place. And even the players themselves admitted that afterwards. But we knew, look, they, it looks as if they said they, they peaked in qualification, but which in fairness is an achievement in itself to qualify. And, you know, they, we knew that there were the odds were going to be stacked against them going in because we looked at the, the draw they got for the pool. They're in with South Africa, the USA and Kenya. We knew that it was going to be tough uh, given the draw that they were dealt with. And, well, the only real victory they had was against Korea where they were up against lesser opposition and then ultimately uh, falling falling to defeats after that. So it wasn't the vintage w- w- Olympics performance. We all know that. But there is a lot of that side who are relatively young and who could be well be there again at the Olympics in three years' time. Of course, they will, before that, be setting their sights on the World Cup qualification, which they have yet to do. But given the age profile of the squad and given given the age profile of the squad and perhaps maybe more focus and support from the RFU, there's every reason to believe that they might bounce back in three years' time. That's it. And, of course, they've, they've plenty of time to do their homework and kind of write the correct, maybe the mistakes that they made, you know, in the Olympics. And I'd say that they have a huge lot, a huge amount to, of uh, lessons to learn from that. And uh, I'm sure, like you said, they'll, be, they'll bounce back and uh, hopefully qualify for for the next Olympics. Well, listen, thanks very much, uh, Michael, for doing In The Line Out with us this week. And we look forward to talking to you again next week. You're very welcome, Aidan. Thanks again. No problem. Thanks very much. And that was that was Michael Cook, our rugby analyst.